0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are continuing our 32 for 32 series going over team needs for all 32 NFL teams with a look at the Detroit Lions, who I understand everyone, you know, not, you know, the most competitive team year after year after year, but new regime, new quarterback, big trade, plenty to talk about and have a great guest to help us do so. He covers the Lions for the Detroit News. Justin Rogers, you can find him on Twitter at Justin underscore Rogers. Justin, happy offseason and thanks for your time, man. Happy offseason. It's been, it's been a busy one. It has been a busy one. Short and you know sweet so far, and it's going to get much, much longer as we do at PFF and as I'm sure you do as well as football. All 365 days a year, and we are pumped to continue to talk about it. So without further ado, let's get to Detroit Lions offseason. Justin, what are your three team needs look, that Lions should be most focused on ahead of this offseason? I,
1: I can't say everything.
0: I mean, it, it, fair enough. No, this is, this is
1: a team that, that really needs a lot. Um, I, I think starting off, you, you look at the defense. Uh, it was the, the worst defense in, in franchise history uh, in terms of yardage, in terms of points, in terms of the eye test, it, it was just a, an awful group. Um, looking at that unit, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a turnover with coaching staff, with, with players, but I think the first spot they really need to address on the, the defense is the linebacker position. Um, they just haven't got the production out of that group. They, they've invested resources in it in terms of bringing in Jimmy Collins and free agency uh, using high round draft picks and Jelani Tavai and Jared Davis. But uh, the, the group has not been good enough uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It's it's wide receiver. They, they just don't have any under contract right now. Uh, it's it's Quintez Cephas and Quintes Cephas is the uh, <laughs> wide receiver core right now. So Kenny Galladay is obviously the, the, the star there uh he's a free agent uh talked to dan campbell the other day there is interest in bringing him back we don't know the cap space situation or whether that'll even be possible um but other than that you know i think it's it's an area they need to to really address in the draft and then probably going back to the defense side of the ball they probably need to do some more work on the the defensive line uh edge rusher defensive tackle their their best uh Sacker last year was Romeo Quara, hit double digits in, in sacks. He's a free agent as well. Again, that's another player they'd love to have back. He's, he's young, just entering his prime, but um, this is a league that, that pays Ed rushers. So, you know, there, there's going to be some competition on the open market for him as well.
0: Great points all around. I did have linebacker highlighted. I mean, they had five dudes that played significant snaps last year, and none earned a PF grade of more than 65. That's not great. You know, we're talking about legit D territory there, and, yes, pass rusher as well. Akuda, I know it wasn't, you know, the best rookie year for him, particularly someone you spent a top five pick on, but I feel like they have enough money already devoted to the secondary that, yes, prioritizing pass rush at this point makes more sense. Yeah,
1: you know – Okuda's an interesting one obviously a lot of rookie corner struggle that's that's just kind of the nature of the beast some some hit the ground running but it's it's more unusual uh, for that than for a guy to not have success and and I look at Okuda's rookie season there was flashes in there and then it comes out that he was dealing with a groin injury for quite some time and uh, he tried his best not to use it as an excuse but he did also mention that he was struggling with with hitting top speed and accelerating and You cannot accelerate at the cornerback position, particularly with some of the guys he was having to cover early in the season with with Julio and and Hopkins. And uh, I think Adams was in there like it was just a a gauntlet. So, uh, you know, you hope that that was a a good trial by fire learning experience for him and that he can take that those lumps and and translate it into something more meaningful with with a a healthy body in, in his second season.
0: Truly, a hell of a division for uh, you know number one rookie corner to have to deal with Vikings, Jefferson, Thielen, obviously Devontae with the Packers, and Allen Robinson on the Bears. Lions, you know, Kenny Galladay and Mar- Marvin Jones to an extent too, had a couple of those wide receivers themselves, but to your point, only Quintez Seafish remains. Nothing even against Quintez Seafish. He's fine, but you know, it, it confused me because they cut Marvin Hall like halfway through the year. I'm not saying he was a long-term answer, but they're, what they at least told us was that, hey, you know, they want to get younger, but then they start they signed Mohamed Sanu and he ends up being in three wide receiver sets for the back half of the year. Do you think finally they're going to follow up on what they said, get younger and use some high-end picks? And I guess what are your thoughts on the chances of Galladay and and or Marvin Jones returning. All
1: right, you know, I know the new general manager Brad Holmes is trying to classify this as a retooling and not a rebuilding, but it it is a rebuild. You know, I've always said since I've covered this team that the rebuild starts the day they trade Matthew Stafford. And and once that happened, I, I know you got back a, a respectable quarterback in Jared Goff, and they believe that you know there might be a a ceiling there that that hasn't been uh tapped that you know maybe he could be the, the answer for the franchise, but Uh, beyond that, like you just look at this roster, they need youth. They need talent um, across the board in terms of Galladay, Galladay is an interesting one because he is a little bit older uh, for a guy hitting his second contract. I believe 27 Um, you know, that, that does factor in your decision. If you don't believe you're going to be too competitive for two years, um, are you going to pay him that, that market rate, that $20 million a year that that Keenan Allen got in terms of uh, production? It's, it's a tough decision if, if I was to speculate based on all the factors, I, I'd probably say 70-30 Galladay is gone. Marvin Jones, it's probably closer to 90-10. You know, that's a guy that's at the end of his career. He wants to win. He, he also wants to be part of an offense. He would be part of the offense here. He'd probably be the top receiver, but um, the, the odds of winning here are, are low. I, I think he's going to look to latch on with a, a contender that will give him the best opportunity to contribute within that, that realm of contending.
0: Yeah, it's too bad, man. Just kind of the way it worked out last year with Galladay only playing five games because that first half of 2019 when Bevel came and had Stafford throwing downfield, I mean, the offense looked electric. Too bad we didn't get to see it for a little bit longer. But you touched on quarterback. I want to talk about that more as we move on to this, our kind of gut feel round. You know, we're d- recording this on February 2nd. This trade just happened, luckily, so we know that happened. But clearly, a lot more time in the offseason uh, for things to change up. But just for right now, I want your gut feel on the following five things. First up, so Jared Goff, you know, looking at the content contract seems like he's going to be on the roster for at least next two years before they can do anything about it over under 16 total starts in a Lions uniform for Jared Goff
1: oh I would say over I mean uh, barring some kind of, of health issue you know I think he he's definitely the starter next year would start all 16 games if he reigns healthy and then you look at that second season I I, I would put it at greater than 50 percent chance that that he's here and he's the starter in that second season as well
0: so do you even think they're going to try to like really address quarterback in the first three rounds or just going to be a thing where, Hey, golf, he's the guy for at least the next 24 months.
1: Again, we're, we're still kind of learning yeah. this new front office and this new coaching staff, but you know, you try to read the tea leaves and the quotes and uh, while they have left the door open, obviously to dress quarterback early, I, I do not believe that's the case. I think golf is their guy for 2021. Um, and they will re- reassess where they're at, you know, whether they have a high draft pick you know, whether it's theirs or somehow the the Rams fall apart mm-hmm. um, or, or they can use those two to move up. But I think 2021 is where they'll, they'll seriously look at a quarterback if Goff doesn't grab the reins and take hold this this year.
0: Yeah, the Rams talking about that trade have pretty much said that they don't, you know, consider those lower round first round picks that different from a second which is fine if it does end up being a lower round pick until we see a couple years later, perhaps the lions will get lucky with some of those pick towards the top of the draft. All right. So sticking with the offense, like you said, Gallaudet Jones likely out of the picture, That means we're already getting some murmurs. One of my favorite offseason storylines every year is the running back. is going to get more reps in the slot. DeAndre Swift has been one getting that already. So, you know, whether or not that happens, okay, that's only for a few snaps a game. Just in terms of the total workload, though, do you see this offense truly featuring Swift as the every down RB that he pretty much flashed the ability to be at on several occasions last year?
1: You know, I like to compare it to what New Orleans does with Kamara. You know, I think he's clearly the the lead dog down there. But if you look at the the snap count totals for for Kamara year to year, it's it's about sixty percent. And you look at Swift, very similar uh, build, skill set. You know, I, I don't want to compare him to, you know, one of the top two or three running backs in the game. He's not it's there yet, comp, but, I think. Yeah. but yeah, like that's that's the the hopeful projection of what he can be, right? But he he is on the the slighter side of build and, and you don't want to overwork that so um you, you're gonna have a compliment there i don't know if what this new staff feels about carry on johnson quite yet uh, i could absolutely see them just given brad holmes's track record in los angeles and um what they invested in running backs year after year in terms of a mid-round guy i, I could see them bringing in a a, a bigger guy a north south guy that kind of compliments and and can be that that Mark Ingram, our Latavius Murray, in the New Orleans system, too, too swift. But you're you're probably going to look at a guy that's going to get about sixty percent of the snaps. Uh, he's obviously proved he can not just run outside the tackles, but between the tackles last year, and he is a quality receiver. I know he had some hiccups last year. It, it, I I, I, th- I say this all the time: rookies come in and they have this reputation of having great hands, and then those Matthew Stafford fastballs start coming at him, and <laughs> just a different speed. And, and that's an adjustment, you know, and he drops the one first game of the season game winner. It's, but, but he, he rebounded nicely. And the final stat line is nice. 10 total touchdowns contributing in the receiving game, contributing in the run game. The lions are, are all in on Deandre Swift and he can stay healthy. He he's the guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy you brought up that week one drop because after that, it seemed like so many wrote him off and okay, he didn't do a ton over the next few weeks, but after that week five bye, I mean, I don't want to say he was the best rookie running back in the league, but he deserves to be in that conversation. He looked that good with the ball in his hands. And I don't think the Kamara, you know, comparison is that out of the world. And they also, you know, they both got the turf tape, you know, they got a little swag in their game as well. I like that call. And yeah, even though, you know, in fantasy land, we would love for our running backs to be on the field 80, 90% of the time. I understand why NFL teams want to keep them fresh not quite put that on his workload so probably better for swift's long-term future even if not quite as many touches as some of us fancy people out there would want all right they can't all be james robinson right (laughs) exactly exactly we're gonna take a quick break to pay some bills pff and sunday night footballs chris collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field 49ers all pro cornerback richard sherman the chris collinsworth podcast featuring richard sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast they'll provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and Bryce to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars, you do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, Game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at USC 258. So we need you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over Hitting. So tell your friends and family. This is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9 WITH IT or in Virginia call 888-532-3500. So we got Swift there. Now, TJ Hawkinson, again, called and Jones are gone. We're expecting, you know, pretty much a big usage bump. He's looked a part of, you know, a young stud tight end and even having staffer under center, someone that really hasn't enabled high end tight ends in the back in the past. We could imagine a world where Hawkinson really even takes his game to new heights here in his third season. What is the expectation for TJ Hawkinson entering 2021?
1: You know, Daryl Bevel, I think, was a, a good offensive coordinator, but maybe one of the, the blind spots in his schematics was finding the usage of the tight end, and, and he really kind of had to force that in this year and and find a better way to use Hawkinson, and, and that showed that showed up on tape. Uh, you saw a player that got physically better at, at the what was demanded of him as well, both in blocking and pass catching, so it, it was just a nice second-year bump that you want to see from a young player and and he really is young. He's on the young side of, of prospects coming out. So, um, yeah, I think it's completely reasonable to expect continued growth and and giving what, um, you know, the lines are kind of setting up here with, with Campbell and, um, bringing in Anthony Lynn, like the usage of the tight end is going to continue to be important in this more power-based offense. So, Um, I think it's completely reasonable to expect continued growth from, from Hawkinson's game. I think the one thing he really needs to work on and it may help with, with golf, because if you look at Stafford, maybe the one thing that was, was a weakness in his game is he wasn't pinpoint accurate. You know, he'd put it on you, but he wouldn't get you in stride. And for all of, of golf's flaws, like his, his short area passing game is based on precision and he'll hit you in stride. And you look at Hawkinson, a lot of his catches last year. I, I, would bet well over 50%. He was going to the ground, catching the ball and and losing all that yak yardage. So if you got a guy that can hit him in stride and keep him upright as he's coming on those drag routes or those crossers across the middle, there's potential there uh, to, to take advantage of a skill set that's clearly there because Hawkins' the athleticism is definitely plus for the position.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Goff, uh, to your point, I mean, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup. they have some of these guys that rank towards the top of their league in their yards after the catch ability. I understand Golf. you know, when he's pressured, when he's not, and not, when things aren't wide open, it can get rough, but when things are right and you can just, you know, tell him who to throw the ball to and he can get it there in rhythm, not many people throw a prettier ball. All right, switching over to defensive side, which we've talked about a little bit, and, you know, you made the point where the cap room, it's a little bit up and down. they actually have the eighth most 2021 dollars devoted uh to the defense and just via overthecap.com i mean trey flowers desmond trufant jamie collins justin coleman all these guys carrying an eight-figure cap hit right now do you see them trying to ditch any of these big contracts unfortunately this is kind of the bed that they, they have to lie in after a pretty you know uh what's the right word just overspending a lot in that 2020 offseason
1: no it's it's a great question i think probably one of the biggest ones of the offseason is is how are they going to retool this defense? Um, you know, beyond their belief that just new coaches will be able to uh, make some tweaks to the scheme and uh, maybe develop what those players are capable of doing in the scheme uh, a little bit better. And I, I know they're making some changes. They're going to try to do more New Orleans secondary concepts, more quarters defense. They didn't run last year up front. You know, they're going to be trying to do more of what the the Rams were doing under Staley. Um, so a lot of those pieces do carry over. You know, I think Trey flowers is probably one of the safest ones um, just because he's, he's so fundamentally sound and, and, and schematically flexible. Uh, I, I do look in the secondary and I, I wonder if one of Coleman or, or Trufant are, um, you know, not long for this team. You know, there is a little bit of flexibility there. They could get back with some cap space and uh, you know, you can find maybe a, a quality nickel corner in the draft, you know, in the mid round. So um I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from one of them that I think the thing I expect the most is they're going to find a way to, to get Tracy Walker back on track. You know, that was a, a player that was playing really well. We're talking PFF grades, you know, his first two seasons were outstanding. They tried changing his role. They tried squeezing in Duran Harmon here last year, moved Walker into a different role. And it just bombed. It bombed in <laughs> it. And that's the worst thing you want to do is you want to derail a talented young players development. Yeah. So, um, You know, that's that's one thing I just absolutely expect from from this Dan Campbell team is they're going to put Walker back in a position to succeed because it's one of their few bright young pieces.
0: All right. And we'll finish things off with Dan Campbell, because, I mean, the dude broke Twitter when he gave just that press conference. Absolutely fantastic. I love the whole thing, biting kneecaps, all that. I will say, though, it's easy to be excited in February, less so when, you know, this team who is rebuilding is probably going to have a rough start in the season. They gave him, I believe, six year contract. They're saying they're going to let it ride out. Come on, though. Do you really think he has that's, you know, over under three and a half years, I guess, would say with the Lions?
1: Yeah, I, I think the six years was reflective of knowing Stafford was going and that they yeah. were going in this rebuild direction. This was a commitment to a long term vision. Three and a half years is a really nice benchmark for for discussion. I'm going to go over. I, yeah. I think, you know, this goes probably at least through the full four seasons and, and we see where they're at there. They're trying something different, uh, different for Detroit, at least you know, you look at all the different ways they've they've failed here with the different types of coaches and, and the one they really haven't brought in. And, and I thought it was going to be Robert Salah for the same reason that it was going to be uh, a, a positive guy, an energetic guy, a Pete Carroll type that just threw the team on his back from an energy standpoint and and carried them and elevated them and made them want to play. And Dan Campbell is that kind of guy. Like, yeah. Players and, and even fellow coaches just love working with this guy. He's, he's authentic. He's genuine. The passion is, is real. And, you know, that can get you over some, some tough spots. And in the Lions case, we're talking tough 60 yeah. <laughs> years. And so they're, they're trying something different. Um, you know, I've, I've had the chance to speak with them outside of that press conference. Uh, I know the, the one-minute clip that you mentioned was was <laughs> everywhere, but he went 66 or 67 minutes during that press conference. I mean, he was there, – there was just so much more to it, and the energy just never ceased. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what he brings. Uh, you know, I, I think curiosity has has got me here. He's bringing in a staff that's full of just longtime NFL veterans. You're talking Staley, Brunel, Lynn. Uh, Aaron Glenn on the defense who played 15 years and three-time all pro like I, I don't know if there's a staff quite like this in the NFL that, that has all these experienced former players that willingly went back to the bottom of the, the coaching ranks and worked their way up so um, they're trying something different here and, and different is quite frankly good for an organization that struggled the way they have.
0: And yeah, hopefully we do get those more than three and a half years or so. So this different staff can try to help prove that it can work. And we saw in the Vikings in these last, you know, in the kind of Zimmer era, I think the bills now and what they've been able to do, like there's a lot to be said about giving your team the same coaches for three, four years, not forcing your young quarterback to learn a different scheme year in and year out. Some of the things the Browns have had to go through. So, you know, Dan Campbell, new system, new guy. I get it give them a chance. We'll see what happens. So glad to hear that. All right, Justin, last thing i will need your off season bold call. And then we'll get you out of here. Off season,
1: bold call. Oh, I probably should have prepped <laughs> when you sent me questions here. Uh, man, my off season, bold call would have been, they would have traded Stafford. If you got a uh, first
0: round pick direction in mind, that'll work.
1: You know, I, I think receivers definitely in play. You know, you, you look at the defense and the defense is, definitely the bigger problem but uh i think the value at the top of the round is is wide receiver and and so if i was leaning anywhere right now with with the three guys that are up there in in chase waddle and and smith like i, I think one of those is, is probably the the best solution for this franchise right now
0: a number seven perhaps chase will fall or one of the bama guys to your point i like it you hey, you know maybe-
1: i think they might trade down to be honest with you Pick up more picks, you know, if you're not drafting a quarterback there and there's an opportunity to pick up an extra second rounder for a team that wants one, I I think there's a a really good shot that they didn't have, they had five picks heading into this draft, they picked up the third rounder, so there's six now, like, when you're rebuilding, the more picks the better, so I think there's a very good chance they trade down from number seven.
0: Yeah, particularly if, uh, you know, feels one of those quarterbacks still hanging out there and someone wants to move up. Go get yourself, you know, six picks in the top 100 now, let alone the entire draft. Right, I like that call on maybe even, you know, if they stay put Kyle Pitts, I'm trying to bring him up in like every single team because I think he fits everywhere. We'll I don't think there. I
1: think Lions fans would lose their mind if they <laughs> take a third tight end in the top 10. I
0: was about to say, it's not just Hawkinson, the losing their mind part would be when Jesse James is keeping one of those guys on the bench inevitably, yeah. but <laughs> probably not going to happen there. Justin, thank you for the time. everyone make sure you follow justin on twitter at justin underscore rogers got anything let the people know uh, where they can find you elsewhere no
1: i think that works detroitnews.com
0: that's uh that's the the people that pay the bills (laughs) there we go well thank you justin and thank you everyone out there for listening to this edition of the pff fantasy football podcast we'll be back soon with more goodness so he's justin i'm ian until next time take care everybody